You're listening to the Sincerely Being podcast by Eden and Callie. Welcome back to the Sincerely Being podcast. Good morning. <laughs> I'm here with my lovely co-host Callie. Hi Eden. Hi. <laughs> How have you been going the last couple of weeks since we last spoke? Um, I have been very low key, have been quite uh, unwell, I guess. Elle was sent home from daycare with conjunctivitis and then picked up a cough from our neighbours. Yeah, and then me and then Jack picked it up. And so, yeah, the last week and a bit, we've just been very, very low-key because it has knocked us on our ass. As well as, like, Elle's just been unwell, so, you know, you just sort of stay home and can't really do a lot with a toddler. Mm. Well, I find you can't unless it's, like, either outside in the park running around or if you want to pull your hair out at the supermarket or or the shops yeah you can do that but I just don't so yes yeah so yeah but back on the mend we are both back with our new energy yeah and I actually that's one thing I didn't say I do feel like I've got like renewed energy Mm. um whether it's like a transition in life or not it's or just coming back out of that other end of the the... spectrum yeah let's call it that for now yeah That whole duality thing again. Yeah. So, yes. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better and you seem like you're glowing as always <laughs> to me. Oh, thank you. No worries. Um, yeah, my week, ha- uh, two weeks, I guess, have been, I want to say I feel a little bit the same. I haven't been quote unquote sick, but just kind of low key working a lot. I want to mention that your energy does seem pretty like, not low as in like mm. a, you know, as a bad thing, but it just yeah. does feel not like your usual self. Mm, yeah. I think that's what makes it hard as I don't feel like myself necessarily, but there is a good reason for that, which we can talk about at another time. Yeah. But yeah, like I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just kind of bleh. Nothing's really high. Nothing's really low. I'm just kind of floating in the middle, but Sometimes floating in the middle for too long without those peaks and valleys can get a little bit blah. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Confusing. You're kind of like, I don't even know what else to do. It's like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm okay, but I need some action. Something, <laughs> something to happen. <laughs> but I just don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and right now you're like, I don't even know where to find the time either. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot happening behind the scenes, which is good, but... um. Do you want to share on one of the things that you're doing behind the scenes with the mentorship? Yeah. Okay. So we kind of talked about this before the recording, how I can use this as our reframe, because again, if you're new here, we want to bring up a situation or experience and talk about how we can see it from a different angle. Well, I guess at every point of time, you get to choose your perception on things. And if, you know, if you're so used to thinking about a thing a certain way, we want to offer the opportunity to maybe see it in a different perspective. So it's kind of like looking at a coin, for example, you know, you're standing on opposite side of me and though we're looking at the same coin, you see something different and a different angle to what I'm seeing. And so, yeah, you'll explain it differently to what I will. But then even when you move it, um, yeah, again, you'll see a different side of things. But it's, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, that was a very good explanation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So I was given this opportunity to sign up for a business mentorship program. However, I'm at a place financially, which I think I've mentioned in other episodes where things are just a little bit tighter than usual. And that's okay. It's just, I don't feel I have an abundance to spend on things like mentorships or programs and stuff. Anyway, this woman is offering this group program as a pay what you can offering. And I immediately looked at what she was offering. It's incredible. She's worked with some amazing people. It would be my honor to be able to work with her. But but <laughs> I also was like, well, there's no way I can afford that. Even though it's a pay what you can, I was like, I do not have enough to give her, enough to make me feel good about joining this opportunity because she deserves more than I can offer. Do you want to talk about the value of exchange? It's kind of like you understand the value of what money can provide. And so based on what you read, she sounds amazing. And it's like, I don't have the money that I perceive that she should get. Exactly. Yeah. So the value of energy exchange when it comes to money, like Callie was talking about, is basically what you give is what you're going to get in return. So yeah, the value of money exchange, as an example, you know, your friend is starting out as a masseuse and ultimately when she starts, she wants to charge $90, but she wants to give you a massage at a discounted rate. We all think it's amazing because it's like, oh, we get this massage. But in the same sense, like when she's giving you the massage and she gives you like the $30 massage, she's not going to be putting in the effort of the $90 massage because that's just that value or energetic exchange there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess that's what you're talking about when it comes to this woman. You see it maybe as that opportunity because you're kind of like, I don't have this money. Yeah. So essentially I'm a firm believer that what I am paying for value wise, if it's higher in the way of cost, I will get more out of it. However, I had this massive reframe and I can't take responsibility for doing it on my own, but I essentially had had a meeting with this woman who's offering this. And she was saying, I think it's so interesting that the universe is handing you this opportunity that you have been asking for, and you're still finding stories and ways to say no to it. And I kind of sat there like, wow, you're so right. I'm literally being given this opportunity to do something that's worth a lot more money than I can pay, but I still don't feel worthy enough of it and good enough to be able to do it. And I feel almost embarrassed with the amount that I can pay her. And so that just brought up a lot for me. And essentially at the end of the call, I had made the decision to go for it. And I guess going into relativity, the money that I'm paying right now for that course Yes, maybe last year that money to me would be worth a lot less, but right now that's actually quite a bit of money for me to be spending. And so that's, I guess, another reframe in this whole experience of how the dollar amount doesn't necessarily matter as much as what that is worth to you right now. If you had more money available to give her than what you do now, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have put as much value on that money as what you do now. And though you've got a smaller amount of money to offer her, you are going to value that less amount of money 
so much, so more. much more. Yeah. And then it's probably a really great time to be going with her because you'll mm. be like, even though this is a smaller amount of money, I have so much value placed on this, mm-hmm. this smaller amount of money, 10 times more than what you would have back then. Totally. Anyway. Yeah. And so that's just a great lesson to me and to all of us. Life is happening for you. Mm, Yeah. And we're always being given these little tests. And um, it is helpful to have someone like that mentor show me a different side of it. Because sometimes when we're on our own and making decisions, we don't see that other side. And we can make a decision that leads us astray. Isn't it nice? Like I was just thinking about for so long, I've held my tongue on talking to people about certain things, like whether that's through nursing, I don't know, on the street, like you feel inclined to call bullshit or help people see things differently, like mm-hmm. strangers or not. Um, it might be even be a family member and you kind of just want to just stop them and just be like, have you thought of it this way? So many times and so much in the past, particularly when there is that opportunity to be like, wait, can I just get you to see yourself in a different way? People are beginning to open up and share their wisdom, how they see a thing with other people. Yeah. I think it's definitely starting to become more common. Something that I notice is I think because as I've become more receptive to accepting people's other not taking things personally yeah I'm not taking things personally I'm very open to hearing other people's viewpoints and it's really helped me in situations that's an example that I just shared but I do notice sometimes when I'm offering like that devil's advocate side to things if people are getting really triggered by it I kind of realize they're not quite ready do you notice that as well? Like you can kind of get a feel for who's yeah. accepting of yeah. that other side. I know in the past, like I may have done it and then I felt like, oh, I'm just not going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you just stop yourself because yeah. you take that personally. But like whether it's like a, I don't know when it happens, like is it because of age? Is it because of we, we're doing the work or a bunch of all of that? It's just totally. like, well, you know, even if you're not ready for it, I'm still going to do it. It's like, okay, well, cool. I'll be here when you're ready and I'll keep doing it until you like basically tell me to stop. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Little planting little seeds. Yeah. I didn't have a point for that. I just thought it was nice. Yeah, no. And actually you're someone who does that a lot for me and I really value that in you. So it's not always easy. Mm. I'll tell you that it's not always easy. I feel like it's (laughs) sometimes it's not easy because you can see it in people when Mm -hmm. they reject it and you're just like, is it me? And it's like, no, 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 it's not me. It's mm-hmm. just them. But then you just like, just wake the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so today we have an exciting topic. Well, I'm excited about it. And I don't think I've really heard the nitty gritties of yours. I don't know if I've even shared with you the nitty gritties of my experience, but I know a lot of people, friends of mine who know I've gone on this journey have come to me wanting to know about my experience. And I have shared a little bit on social media, but not really a ton. So yeah, we thought it would be fun and different to talk about our experiences with ayahuasca. I've only done it once. Have you done it more than once? So I'll explain a little bit more in my experience, but I went and did it in Peru, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. That's (laughs) where it's from essentially, right? I think it's kind of like known to the Amazonian um, plants there. Yeah. 
so where I was at, it was like a, a week long. Yeah. We missed one of the nights because my brother was sick, but uh, all up there were like three nights that we did, not in a row, but three nights of the ceremony that we did. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, once, but three times. Yeah, I understand. Cool. Well, I'd love to hear your story first. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was just going to ask who wanted to go first. You, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm going to start back to when I first heard about ayahuasca, because I think even to this day, it's. I mean, it's getting to be more common and more talked about as plant medicines becoming more widely used and people are seeing the power and beauty of it. But at the time I was mid twenties, I was traveling Europe by myself and I was walking down the streets of Florence and this Italian guy asked if I wanted to go for a drink. And I was like, YOLO, sure. (laughs) YOLO. Oh my God. I haven't, yeah, I haven't heard that for a while. I forgot that existed. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that. kind of like up there with boomerangs. Oh my God. Yeah. It's <laughs> cringe. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that's Italian probably guy. what my mid 20s mind was thinking. Like, yeah. let's just. Maybe talk. I don't know anything about this then. For some reason, I had in, in mind that you went with Sarah. No, I did. This is just when I first heard about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On with it. Back to <laughs> the YOLOing. So Italian guy YOLO. Yeah. Let's go have a drink. So we met later that day at this really weird bar, to be honest. I felt a little bit uncomfortable. We went into the basement. It was still part of the bar, but I was like, no one's down here. Okay. This is a bit weird. And no joke, it was probably five minutes in and this guy just starts going off about this plant (laughs) he took somewhere. He was in Europe when he did it and how it literally changed his life. And I was sitting there like, oh my God, how do I get out of this situation? Like, I just thought this guy was- Who and what (laughs) is this guy on? (laughs) Pretty much. I'm like, are you still on this plant medicine? Like, what is happening? (laughs) And I think it was just confronting because, well, one, I had no idea what he was talking about. Two, he probably did mention the word ayahuasca, but like that just went over my when head. When you've never heard it before, you're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I guess the fact even that he started talking about it so early on into the conversation, I think the whole situation being in a basement, I was just like, yeah, this is weird. So this YOLO shit is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Won't be YOLOing as much after this. <laughs> so that was my first exposure to it. However, I wasn't even aware I was being exposed to it until it was probably a year later. I was back home in Canada and I listened to a podcast or maybe watched a YouTube video on someone that I followed closely. And she was talking about her experience doing ayahuasca and it kind of clicked for me. Oh my God, this is probably what that guy was talking about. And this girl is very woo woo and spiritual and all of that. And I kind of started to understand a little bit about why people use it and the intention behind it and it didn't freak me out as much but I was still kind of like okay that's cool not for me Mm -hmm. um and then can I ask how old you would have been then yeah that was probably how old you're 
30 33 33 yeah just wondering how what age difference there would have been just wondering if it was like a worldwide unveiling of yeah finding out at the sim- a very similar time yeah well it definitely seemed to be which I'll get into coming up more and more for me but that could just be because I was tuned into it yeah you know so it was 2017 when I watched that YouTube video yeah I don't even know what I would have been then like 28 I think that's 27 I would have yeah okay yeah all right something like that yeah anyway keep going so yeah I watched that video and then again it was probably maybe another six months later that I started seeing a lot of stuff on Instagram about it influencers I followed who were into spirituality and personal development and all of that, um, doing it. And some podcasters I listened to talking about it and I got really interested in it and more open to the idea of maybe one day wanting to do it. However, it still kind of freaked me out hearing what they had gone through. And I knew I wasn't really in the right place mentally and emotionally to experience that at that point. So then moving to Australia, well, I moved to Australia and it wasn't until 2020. So I moved in 2018. So a year and a half after moving that I started going to these women's circles. And this was a really transformative year for me. And Is that was, when you started doing yoga, the training? Yeah, I was halfway through my yoga teacher training. And actually at these women's circles, we also wrote down soulmate scripts. And I met Ben two weeks after. Oh, and it was like, can my... we do a women's circle? I need to manifest some shit. Yeah, we should. <laughs> totally. Yeah, the, it was beautiful. But one of the facilitators at the women's circle was talking at the end of the session about how she also does plant medicine and she's a breathwork coach and all of that. And she's like, we do it on the Gold Coast. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like right here. I don't have to travel anywhere. And it's like, again, the universe is handing me this opportunity and I felt really stable. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's the right word. You felt but connected, like things yeah. are happening for you type thing. Yeah. Um, so I felt I was ready, quote unquote, mm-hmm. more than I had in the past when I'd been hearing about it. And she said that there was space for February 29th, which I thought was really cool because it was a leap year, February 29th. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's such a cool day. I never think about the leap year. Yes. Anyway, go on. Yeah. So, um, and my friend, as you mentioned, Sarah had come to the women's circle with me and I was like, would you want to do this with me? And she shout out to Sarah. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> I'm actually meeting up with her after this. It's so. been a while. For it's me. been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell her that we shout out to her in this episode too. <laughs> anyway. So I was actually pleasantly surprised to hear that she was also open to it because I think that might've been her first exposure Mm -hmm. to it. So Mm -hmm. that was amazing. And yeah, essentially a month and a half later, we drove ourselves to this beautiful center. It was quite small, just this little, I don't even know what I could call it. It was like a little glass building in the middle of the forest in the hinterland. And we brought our bedding and our buckets. So that is one thing I should mention for those who don't know a lot about ayahuasca is I hear time and time again that you throw up and get sick. And that was what I was really fearing going yeah. into it. Yeah. I like, yeah, I mean, people, when, when all you hear is that you can yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. 
what have I signed up for? This Pretty is much. Odd. I, I want to do it, but like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't really want to do that part. And so the control freak in me is like, maybe I won't have to do that part. I'll just still go on the journey and I won't get sick and it'll be all good. And that ended up being a huge part of my whole journey and awakening during that experience, which I'll get into. But yeah, we show up with our stuff and there's probably about 10 of us total, maybe 12. Um, And we set up in a circle and it's just a beautiful space. There's music, there's fairy lights, there's different photos of different gods if you're religious. So they kind of cater to like a wide variety of people, basically. It's very inclusive. Mm -hmm. And I felt super safe and comfortable, especially knowing one of the facilitators. I mean, not well, but I'd met her a couple of times at the women's circles. And yeah, I just felt really safe, which I think is actually a huge, makes a huge difference for going into something like this. And having Sarah there was everything for me. And we started the ceremony. We each went up to the front and had a sip of the medicine after she had explained it. She probably took an hour to explain what we would be experiencing likely. And yeah, it was just a really well done safe environment. And when I took the medicine, I felt like I was drinking molasses. Like that's the only way to describe it. And to this day, I can't even look at molasses anymore because that's what it tasted like to me. And like the consistency was really thick and I heard it was a tea. So I was expecting liquid and I don't know what I was expecting, but not that. Ours was a tea. So yeah, yeah. I guess it just comes in different forms, different places, but yeah. So I took the first dose and what they had explained to us is we'll take one as a group and then they'll come around and offer you. If you feel cold, cold to have more. Yeah. A mm-hmm. second and third dose. Did they do that like after an hour or so? Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they waited an hour between each one and yeah. the max was the three doses. And then you just lay down, you, you just relax and kind of settle in. They would have been playing music and yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think they had some sort of diffuser going as well or some sort of smell. Mm-hmm. However, to incense. create that ambiance. Yeah. Because your senses are very heightened at certain points. So I guess they were trying to just get all your senses going. And um, I was kind of laying there for an hour. Like, I just feel tired. I don't really feel anything. Probably overthinking as I do. I'm sure I was. And people were already starting to get sick. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, don't feel sick. Don't feel anything. And then I was like, is this even working? And like, my brain was just. Mm -hmm. It's an odd part when you take anything that it's, it's kind of like Panadol. Like when you've got a really, really bad headache Mm -hmm. and you pop it and you take the Panadol and then you kind of just like, oh, just work. It's not working. It's not working. And then all of a sudden you kind of like. You forget about it and you're like, oh, it's it's worked. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that in between phase. Yeah. And I think, again, I just wasn't surrendering to that being. Yeah. 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 I was in my head thinking I had expectations, even though I'd never done it. So eventually an hour later, they come around and both Sarah and I, I think most people did another dose and I laid back down and I definitely felt after that dose that something was happening. I didn't feel it was happening to a high strength or <laughs> But yeah, I was, I was kind of settling in. It felt more like I was just going into a dream, which later I realized is kind of 
how it does feel when you're deep into it as well. I felt like I was in this realistic dream slash it wasn't a dream because I could open my eyes and see those things I was dreaming about. Anyway, it was happening, but she came around with a third dose and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to take it. So I took all wow. three doses. I'm not a big human. I am. <laughs> You're tiny. <laughs> and like the size of my leg. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a very much. You would have gone deep then. Oh, it was deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just, I, I can't remember the word, but it essentially was a depiction of how I show up in other areas of my life, like me feeling like it's not enough. It's not working. Yeah. I was just reflecting back to like other decisions I would make in life, needing that immediate feeling or experience to happen. And if I didn't, I was like, it's not working type thing. What I'm hearing Mm. is you feeling maybe like you're not enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm just curious. That, that, just purely because yeah. that's just what came out. No, me. I never <laughs> thought of it that way, but that probably does play into it because I'm not content just being. Yeah. Like I need yeah. whatever I'm doing to like take effect. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I like that. So you saw all of that and, and this spanned over, like, did you have any other things come up? Um, did it sort of morph into another thing, into mm-hmm. another thing, into another thing? Or Yeah. So I would say after that third dose, I laid down and it wasn't long before I felt I was going to get sick, but I was like, no, I'm not getting sick because <laughs> I made that decision before going. Like yeah. I do not want to throw up. I, but did you? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all part of the experience. It, it was is, like yeah. what you need to purge. Exactly. And I've had this experience of being lifted upside down and when I finished vomiting I was just like oh my god I feel a million times lighter and like laid back down and it just I was sent on a very deep trip and it was yeah so many things came up for me around the control thing and things in my life including like the eating disorder previous relationships even because I had met my current partner just prior to doing this experience and a little bit about him and how, if I was going to be in a relationship in the future, maybe with him, maybe not, I would need to work on this whole control piece. And yeah, a lot of it was breaking down that controlling part of me. And then looking back into times in my life that I wasn't even aware of how controlling I was Mm -hmm. and seeing those moments from Mm -hmm. like an outsider's perspective, which was really amazing. And my granny who had passed prior to me doing that was with me the whole time. And we were talking through these experiences and like some that I'd never would have remembered um, when I was younger. Interestingly enough, I brought these experiences up when I was telling my mom And she's like, I remember that happening. Like, I remember that moment. And so it was like my granny, yeah, talking me through these experiences I consciously had never thought about before and showing me that even as a young child, like you had this controlling aspect. And yeah, it was really interesting. And she was kind of my guardian angel throughout the whole experience. And it was really beautiful. And I just have these beautiful conversations with her. And it felt so nice to, be able to connect with her again 
Did you have a great relationship with her growing up? So do you feel like she was there because you'd had that nurturing relationship throughout her lifetime? I would say she was there for us all the time, Mm -hmm. but I don't Mm. think my conversations were very deep with her. Younger and yeah, I'm just curious as to why she. Yeah, I I don't need to delve into that. I was just mm -hmm. curious wise. Yeah, and then a lot of things came up around um, like my parents and feelings of maybe not being good enough. That was a huge theme for me in that experience as well. That journey, and it, it kind of it's not like I was talking to my parents during my journey, but it made me mentally jot down things that as soon as I was done this journey I wanted to bring up with them and acknowledge and even the most simple things of like you are good enough I love you so much things that I just didn't feel I said enough and I didn't feel like I had appreciated them enough or that I'd verbalized to them that I'd appreciated them the way I do um so yeah I was kind of jotting down mental notes of things I wanted to say to my parents and I just felt it was the most cleansing experience starting with the throwing up to just crying the whole time, but not even tears of sadness. Just, it was just like my whole body was, yeah. Feeling like a human. Mm, Releasing so much. And like, I think again, that releasing the control, I was just letting the tears flow. I didn't think anyone could ever cry for six hours, but I did. (laughs) But in like a beautiful way that probably doesn't sound very enjoyable, but it was very cleansing and a great experience for me. And I remember Sara and I having a bit of a moment halfway through our journey and her saying to me, I'm so proud of you. And me saying that back, like, I love you. And it was just really nice having her there experiencing it as well. Yeah. And then I had a a word that kept coming up for me during the experience, which was unapologetic. And reflecting on that, because it has been a couple of years now, that word stemmed from the fact that I noticed during this experience how much I can filter my words or filter my actions. For the sake of someone else. For the sake of someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not even being aware of it. But during this experience, I was made aware of it. And that was a really interesting thing to come up for me. And I mean, I still notice myself doing it now. It's not like I'm all of a sudden cured, but that awareness is there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So walking away from it, I believe that you guys kind of finish up in the middle of the night. Is that right? Yeah. Morning. So (laughs) you would have still been high having had three cups of tea, I expect. Yes. And I think Sarah just had the two, but we finished the ceremony. They said that we would drive home and which blows my mind yeah for me I was like even not having done it I was like that just seems so weird because most experiences make sense yeah most experiences I had heard of were like yours like you're at a retreat center or at least stay overnight for a day or two so this was definitely a different situation and having not done it I I just trusted them and it was interesting waking up because when they what time was it in the morning or at night? It was at night. So we started at two and I think this was around 10 or 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's just to show how long these journeys go on for. And it was interesting because I went from like really deep in this journey to them. They started talking us out of it maybe for half an hour. And then we kind of came back to our human 
I guess kind of like after a meditation, like, you know, you kind of have to do that, those subtle movements. Yeah. um, Bringing the awareness back to your body type things, like calling you back to, by the way, you're on earth. Yes. (laughs) That's how it felt. But then I still was so high. Yeah. But it was like. And again, being so little, it it would have been taking quite a little bit more to metabolize out of you. Yeah, for sure. We did enjoy some fruit at the end, but I was just like, Sarah, are you going to be able to drive? And she's like, no. (laughs) We were both sitting there like, how are we getting home? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was I I think if I were to ever do it again, it would definitely not end that abruptly. I felt like we were kind of just like done and we drove home at. 30 kilometers an hour or something stupid but felt like we were driving so fast and like don't recommend that (laughs) and I felt like it was just a very abrupt transition Mm -hmm. um so yeah and the next day all I can say is like I didn't really want to see or talk to many people except Mm -hmm. Sarah because Mm -hmm. she's the only one that had gone through it with me yeah like that safe space yeah because it is a safe space it's like a huge vulnerable deep dive into like your subconscious Mm. but not just your subconscious it's like you're gonna go down there and clean the the grout off your subconscious floor and every corner type thing it's Mm. like you go deep yeah to it that's a very good analogy I like that and so yeah you're in a safe space and yeah you wanted to only be with and you, you almost want to protect your energy because mm. it's like I'm still figuring out what the fuck I went through exactly on yeah. a conscious level mm-hmm. yeah and I it was a Saturday that we did it and so I had the Sunday off and then I was back to work on Monday so it was I think if I were to do it again, I would prefer to have at least an overnight, if not a couple nights, make it a whole experience. Yeah. yeah, And transition myself back to real life a little bit Mm. slower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And since then, like, how was life after? I'll say the next couple of weeks, because I I suppose once you're back to work, reality kicks in pretty fucking quickly. Mm. It's like coming back from a holiday. It's like, did I even go on a holiday? Yeah. (laughs) Two days later. (laughs) Totally. That's exactly how it felt. I do remember going to yoga school a few days after finishing the journey. And I think I cried both days that week, either during the practice or after the practice, there was just still so much emotion coming up for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling both of my parents that week and telling them the things I wanted to tell them and telling them about my journey. And yeah, I definitely felt impacted emotionally for the first couple of weeks. And then I think it kind of started to fizzle out. Like I just went right back into normal routine. And I mean, I still had that experience that was very you would have been more aware of the things that you were opened up to exactly yeah and then it maybe that was just so easy to bring into everyday life that these other things and it's just like I'm just going to seamlessly become the more unapologetic person and I'm going to say more of the things that you want to as you said you just called your parents and mm-hmm. I guess that's practice now my new level of being yeah for sure and I didn't mention that I also had a bit of closure around some things that have happened in my past during that journey and that felt really good I felt I wasn't second guessing decisions and I just felt 
those books were closed. Those chapters were closed. Mm. And that was really freeing for me. And Mm. since then I haven't really acknowledged those things. Like I used to. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And like you said, just since then, the awareness of what I saw and went through during it is still there. Sometimes I do need to be reminded, like doing this podcast, it's nice to talk about it again and refresh my memory. But I think it's just so powerful in bringing yeah, awareness to things that you may not have been able to see before hmm. going on that journey. Would you do it again? Yeah, I definitely would at this point. And it was funny because the day after doing it, I actually was like, I don't think I need to do that again. Yeah. But now that it's been so long, I'm yeah. like, I could go on that journey again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I must say while you were talking about how you were introduced to it, I was having a little laugh because ours was so, so fucking different. <laughs> well, that's good. I can't wait to hear about it. Cause I know I asked you before I did my journey, if you had done it. Yeah. I actually remember exactly where I told you we went to blend love. I don't know if you remember. Ah, okay. Yeah. And um, I was like, have you done ayahuasca? And I remember you saying yes. And I remember you saying it was in um, Peru, but I think that's pretty much all yeah. I know about it, <laughs> about your journey. Well, do you have anything more you'd like to um, add to it at this stage? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I will segue into mine then. Um, yeah. Ours was so different because the first time that I heard about ayahuasca looking back so my brother had done it he was working in Washington so he'd had a big high-end corporate job there and you know after so many years he was kind of like fucked and went through some spiritual journey and then he was driving down the coast of you know central and south america and ended up in peru i don't know how it goes but anyway Mm -hmm. he ended up in peru he'd done a couple of ayahuasca ceremonies along that journey um, and he called mum up and he was telling mum about his experience and, you know, mum hears the bits as you would hear as a mum. And she was quite distraught and she was telling me about it and she was like, you know, he stopped breathing. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was distraught. I was like, oh, my God, what has, what has happened? And so I call him. And I hear just a completely different story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, like I hear different things because I'm not his mum. And I guess, you know, they were quite concerned for him. And I don't know if it was this time, but that he was going to go down to Mexico. And so, you know, they were afraid of him being in Mexico in the mm-hmm. first front, but whether that lines up with that. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, I'm chatting to him and he's talking about ayahuasca. And, you know, I'd heard that he'd stopped breathing and I was just like, what is this band? Yeah, I don't even remember what he told me, mm. but basically I was like, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll he was like, yeah, can do it. I know, I know. <laughs> but like in hindsight. So, um, I mean, this has got nothing to do with the story, but I totally had my brother on a pedestal. Anything he did and, you know, I was just like, yes, okay, that sounds amazing. That sounds great. Yeah, cool. I want to be a part of that, which is kind of cool because, you know, it took me on a whole journey for myself that I may not have done had I not had him on the pedestal. So totally. Um, Can I ask, like, what were you doing at this point in Australia? Were you in uni? Was this before Um, uni? So. And how old were you? I think I was in, I think I was like maybe 27, 28. So I'd started um, nursing at TAFE. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, I'm not entirely sure. I Mm -hmm. think I was on holidays and I made a trip of it. I went over to Peru and we also ended up doing Machu Picchu. We did an eight-day hike there. He was living in Peru and I also saw his life there and, you know, added the 
Amazonian trip in there as well. Mm. I would love to go there. It looks magical. Mm. So, yeah, it's almost uh, an entire decade ago that mm. it happened. So it's all very hazy. And I just remember bits and pieces. We had to go to the Amazon jungle in Peru. Um, and I forget which area it was. And then it was like a couple of hours drive, and then a little hike into mm. the rainforest. And it was a beautiful place. Is this where your brother had done it previously? He hadn't done at this place, no. But it was referred by some other good friends of his that he held in high esteem. Okay. Because, yeah, over there so many people are doing it now that Mm -hmm. there's some really dodgy places and dodgy in that apparently people have gone missing. Anyway. Well, I've heard actually there's this Canadian guy that it was a big story. That that thing happened. happened. He went, disappeared and... Anyway, Look, I certainly don't um, subscribe to any of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, and again, I'll just follow my intuition. If I feel off about it, totally. I won't do it. Yeah. But yeah, so I just let that all happen. Stewie organized pretty much the whole trip because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just coming over, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was after we'd done Machu Picchu, I remember, because we missed one of the ceremonies because he was sick. No, not after Machu Picchu. We'd done a hike at some other place and because we went up in altitude and oh, we came back down, he got sick. quite sick. Yeah. So we missed one of the days, but then we were there for the last three ceremonies. So we had our own little hut, which was cool. So mm. there were little huts around um, and then there's like a ceremonial hut a little bit further away and it's very open, it's very warm there and you bathe in the river. Um, piranhas and all, no. <laughs> yeah I expect the piranhas are kind of like where bull sharks are yeah the deeper yeah places I didn't even bother to ask how many people were at the center there may have been about eight or nine others Mm -hmm. yeah and Julie and I shared a hut had an open toilet like you had a door there, but it was a timber door and, you know, you could hear everything. And I say hear everything because, you know, the following days, mm. like through the ceremonies, you kind of have to use the toilet and it's and it's not your usual toilet mm. experiences. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's just like when you're with your brother, you're kind of yeah. like, Stuart, can you just, can you please, can you, can you just get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to hear this and yeah. I don't need to hear yours. So, yeah. Yeah. So there was a, you know, a closeness bonding there with between us and it was, and it was really nice. Um, the first ceremony was just like epic. I had no idea what to expect mm-hmm. at all. The shaman didn't even speak English. There was another guy who did speak English and yeah. So the first ceremony, I'll come back to that because that's my most amazing experience. Okay. And I'd had two cups that night. Mm-hmm. Um, my second and third ceremonies, and I don't remember a whole lot, but the second and third, I believe we had visitors who came in. One was a healer and another one may have been another healer or did, you know, did little dancing and called other spirits along. And yeah. My second one was cool because they came over and did healings over us. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling like everything shifting inside me. And I just, the first night I felt euphoric in a different way. The second night was just like, a whole other kind of euphoria. Mm. It was just incredible. Like I just felt clean and free and yeah, it was just amazing. I think I had a good connection with my brother that night, but I don't know what it was. I don't remember it. Look, the toileting bit, the, the purging and all that sort of stuff. 
it's a part of it, but like it's nothing to really talk about. Mm-hmm. It happens, and that's just yeah, there for the highlights of the yeah the tea. Did you guys have like we did a bucket, or did you just actually have to get up and we go had to the bucket, toilet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was like, <laughs> we you have to hold bucket, it yeah. and then go to the toilet because it definitely was hard to hold. You have to have that bucket right away. And then the third ceremony was an odd one. I remember when we all had to go home, I was at home and I thought a spider had bitten me and I freaked out. But actually, I think that was like the day before. So each day you do a ceremony and then you have a day off, a day and a night off. So, Oh, I was going to ask that because I'm like, it must still be in your system when you're doing it consecutively. Yeah. So you have one day ceremony and throughout this whole time, you're only eating plain rice and then just carrots and corn in some sort of like soup thing. And then you have this cleansing tea throughout the day. So that's pretty much all you have. They get you to have as much tea as possible because again, it's like flushing flushing out. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was the day before. Those hairy caterpillars that sting. What are they mm. called? Are they called hairy caterpillars? I'm not sure. You were in the Amazon, so there's probably crazy. Well, I was things. just going to say it was like one on roids. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a thing. It just rubbed up against my back. Actually, it was right underneath my arm. Yeah. So right in the lymph. Um, and I found it really hard to breathe. So I think that had something to do with maybe me feeling spider that yeah. I still had to like okay. purge out. But yeah, I freaked out. And that was my last ceremony. And I was just like, oh, I've been bitten by a spider. Just paranoid. So Stewie's freaking out and had to get someone in there come in and check that I wasn't bitten by a spider. But yeah, yeah it was nice bonding again, just in a very different way. Um the first ceremony, I'd had two teas, but I'd had two teas because there was a girl there who I'd made a connection with and she was in the bathroom very early on crying her eyes out and I, I just felt compelled to go see her and so I stayed with her for a while. But it was after the second cup of tea we'd taken or I'd taken because the first one I was like not feeling anything mm-hmm. and then, yeah, felt compelled to go hang out with her and just, you know, be with her. So it had kicked in with her, but then after a while it kicked in with me and I was just like coming up against a wall. I was just like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And I stood up and I was like, I need to get out of here. And I went and laid down because then it was just like a fucking whirlwind. Mm. Um, I don't remember much of that evening, but I think there was a guy there and he'd ended up climbing the walls. So I remember like in the midst of what was going on with me, this guy's climbing the walls and making these crazy noises. Like he, he got thrown out. Like, I think he, he did something wrong and okay. they were just like, you have crossed the boundaries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's not a normal reaction. He must've been on some other drugs as well. Yeah. Wow. Cause okay. yeah, they were really pissed off about it. Mm. Well, it is disrupting to have someone doing that during a vulnerable ceremony like that so I'm glad that they're really on top of those things but my trip continued happening until the following morning and I just remember I was sitting out on the balcony with Stewie and I was like I could see everything Everything. yeah how the universe worked I saw the unlimited potentials of everything everything was in me like I was just like whoa (laughs) But not in like this, you know, pathetic high state. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't paralytic. It was just I could see it all and Mm -hmm. I was 
so conscious. And I was like, Stewie, ask me. I know the answer to everything because I could see it all. Mm. But like the worst thing is, is that my brain, my limited capacity as in like being a human Mm -hmm. couldn't connect it into words. Words are so limited. And I was just like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't. I was like, I can see the answer, but I can't tell you the answer. Wow, that's so interesting. So it was cool, but yeah, it was just, it's cool in that like that is so vivid in my memory and it comes up so frequently that I have literally seen unlimited possibilities, Mm -hmm. unlimited potentials, knowing that even that viewing was so limited in itself Mm -hmm. amongst the unlimited opportunities, which is mind-boggling. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So it's cool. Like I'm always kind of seeking to be able to somehow put words into what I can see and what I've seen and all those sorts of things. And I don't know how it relates to my experience and what I'm doing now. And I don't know how doing I shifted me onward. Actually, no, I do. It. I feel like I had a lot of limitations on myself and somehow I think Mm -hmm. seeing an expanse beyond this reality it somehow shifted my point of view for reference Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't think it was instantly but yeah yeah well you will always have that awareness now Mm. that experience Mm. and even if you are wrapped up in being a human you can kind of remind yourself Mm. just take a look out the window and it's like you've seen that again you've seen that yeah wow that's so cool what a powerful experience but do you find like since having done it and I don't know if I've used this analogy before but you know having seen a psychic or a medium Mm. I don't know your medium sounds pretty amazing Mm. in that like you can definitely pinpoint the information and put it somewhere but having readings done and you're going to meet a John and you're going to have three kids a girl and a boy and then maybe another boy And then you're kind of like, okay, cool. Now what do I do with this information? Am I looking for a John? And then now I've met a John and we're going to have three kids, mm. but then it's not the John that you meant to meet type thing. So you're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this information. Mm. And you're like, I've got it, but what do I do with it? Do you find Aya with that? Like you've got this information. Now it's just like, what do I do with it? Do I just leave yeah, it Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that as a human, it's hard to implement on a conscious, regular basis because mm for me anyway, I can get like swept away by the noise and the wind, you mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. It's so tiny. (laughs) (laughs) But what did come out, like answering my own question prior to ayahuasca, I was so lost. I had no Mm. idea who I was. And because I went there, I guess, at that time, whether it was my Saturn return Mm -hmm. or just, you know, I'm almost in my 30s, you know, that complete shift of my life altogether. Mm. Um, And then on top of that, this universal, expansive new viewing I get to see. I've been given an entirely new perspective on this reality whether I choose to believe it or not I'd experienced it and I could do whatever I choose to do with that Mm -hmm. information or what I'd seen yeah so yeah and I as a funny journey like it's yeah I don't know why we're called to do it I know that plant connection but like I think we're still so limited with understanding what that is Mm -hmm. 
well, like you said, it's even hard to put into words some of the things that you experience during it. Mm. And that can be frustrating in itself because you see our potential mm. as beings, but then our human mind just still can't compute the words. Or- yeah. Because you see so much yeah. in that experience as well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the first ceremony, I had so many things gone, but I couldn't tell you what they were. Mm-hmm. I just remember that one end yeah. bit. But yeah, so much more would have happened during that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I'm curious, can you explain the timeline? So like what time of day you would take the medicine and then when you would finish and then obviously you had that next day off and then would start at the same time the following day type thing. I think we were booted out maybe around 11, 12 PM. Okay. So it was probably in the evening. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like it may have been a little bit later that we go to the hut to okay. start the ceremony, mm-hmm. but again, it's a decade ago. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, then we'd get moved on to our hut around midnight. Mm-hmm. And did you feel safe the whole time there? Yeah. 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 We also did the sage cleanses. So we'd go yeah. down to the shower before we'd start the ceremony and the shaman would come along and have his sage stick and do a blessing on us and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. all around us. Yeah. It was really nice. Something that came up for me when I was listening to your story too is, and I never talked about it, but I can share mine. Um, if you went into it with any intention, because a lot of people ask me, why did you do it? And so I guess that's what I'm asking you. Like, do you, do you have a specific intention or was it curiosity or? Curiosity. And because mm-hmm. I had my brother on the pedestal, totally. I was just like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously openness to see the depths of yourself yeah. had to be there as well. Yeah. And I think also I was so open to it because during the years prior, I was doing drugs. Like mm-hmm. I'd done pills mdma all mm-hmm. those sorts of things mm-hmm. um going out partying so it was like you know just another thing that i was like cool yeah i'll experience it yeah <laughs> i'll get high <laughs> but in saying that i think that was one of the big things that may have come out of it i was not called to want to do any of that again i think it was like a complete flush out because lots of people do ayahuasca to get off yeah lots of drugs yeah mm. and I didn't ever feel like I needed to ever touch them again mm-hmm. which was great I mean that's a whole other story and there's yeah. a lot of other people out there who can explain it but like you know that escape mm-hmm. using drugs alcohol all those sorts of things it's an escape mm-hmm. totally and yes yeah, I think connecting back to myself and what possibilities beyond what I'd ever thought about I was able to get connected back to myself mm-hmm. I love that. So for my intention, I was similar. I had a lot of curiosity and obviously, like I mentioned, I felt ready because I knew there was going to be parts to it that were really challenging. I actually did go into it knowing it was probably one of the most challenging things I was going to have done at that point. And yeah, I think it was just wanting to know more about the depths of myself Hmm. and explore that a little bit. So that was my intention. It, it was similar, just very open to the experience and mm. whatever came mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. I never had any fear around it. I had heard stories of people going to really dark places. That yeah. never was like a fear for me. Mm-hmm. I think maybe because I knew I was in a good place myself, maybe that helped mm-hmm. mitigate that fear. In saying that, I think that's maybe one of the things that I've been aware of like people who are quite fearful or who go into those dark places, I'd always wanted to ask them, like, do you take time to yourself? I find that if you've never had that connection to yourself, if you've never asked 
yourself questions to figure out who you are going into those deep dark places Mm. when you're not ready especially if you've been from an abusive family not saying that everyone's from an abusive background but Mm. if you've hidden that Mm. behind a boulder that you've never even touched again been hiding away from it yeah it's gonna be fucking scary because all of a sudden mother Iowa she comes in and she's like Mm -hmm. here are the things that you need to deal with and Mm. yeah I'm not gonna fucking sugarcoat them no it's so true and so yeah if you're not used to that if you haven't ever touched upon those things guarantee you're going to be pressed up against them so yeah yeah you go into dark places and they'd be dark because you've not been in that place for mm-hmm. such a long time yeah, so, yeah that's so true and I guess that's not you have to have all your shit figured out before going into this but I think definitely I would recommend for anyone who's thinking of doing it to feel intuitively that you're ready I guess well is there anything else you wanted to add to your story? I don't think so. Yeah. Would you recommend it to people? Oh, uh, look, if people have spoken about it beforehand, mm-hmm. yeah, but like, yeah, I'm not going to bring it up Italian YOLO man. No, <laughs> that's an absolute no. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, I'm not going to bring it up if no one talks about it. It's not mm-hmm. going to be like, hey, by the way, I think you should do IR. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't think it's really our place to tell people to do it. Yeah. But anyone asks. Yeah, if anyone feels called to. I'd say follow your heart. If you feel called to do it, you go do it. By no means am I going to make any decision for you. And don't search for it either, I would say. I feel like Mother Ayahuasca will just come to you. Mm. Um, I've had people ask me in the past, do you know of any centers in the area I live? And I'm like, no. And I mean, I'm sure there are. They're everywhere. They're all over the world. But I never went searching for it. It Mm. always found me. And I think same with you. Like you found it through your brother. You were never searching for that I had never heard of it before. Like you, I had never, ever heard of it mm-hmm. first time it was like Stewie stopped breathing cool let's do it so yeah <laughs> exactly and even the YouTube videos and podcasts I listened to I never searched ayahuasca yeah. it was just people I'd already been following were yeah. posting about it yeah so I treat guess, it with respect I think yeah, yeah that's definitely yeah. yeah well cool I think that's it then yeah what we have to share not that we had much of a point aside from sharing our experiences and no. talking yeah we could yeah (laughs) yeah it was really interesting to hear the diversity yeah of each of our experiences as well yeah well if you liked this episode or you know anyone who would be interested in listening to it you can always share this we would love that um send us a review follow us subscribe whatever you need to do if you feel called to as always our information and instagram handles are in the show notes below and we're always open to hearing from you otherwise we will connect with you on the next episode thanks for being here guys thanks for being here